One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first... Grief gang, death dilemmas. I say death dilemmas because that's what I'm running with. I'm still trying to find like a little tagline for this segment of the podcast. And death dilemmas is coming to me. I don't know why, but I might run with it. I'd love to hear your opinions and any ideas for what this segment of the podcast could be. But Death Dilemmas, I think it's got a nice catch to it, doesn't it? But yeah, welcome to this. This is the first episode of the dilemmas or the stories, anything. Basically, what I did was on the Instagram page, if you haven't followed and you didn't see it, I'm always trying to think of ways that I can incorporate you guys and your stories and your dilemmas, anything like that, because... I get so many messages on a daily, weekly basis of just people asking me things, asking for my opinion or if like I've been through something experience wise and we speak in the DMs and some of it is such, some of it's like obviously really niche, like I say like really niche, there's always somebody that has had the same experience of you but there's so many things that I thought if, if everybody kind of saw, not like airing people's conversations but you know if if the wider audience saw that there were other people that go through scenarios or dilemmas like this, one, they'll know that they're not alone. And two, they could maybe hear a solution that could fit quite well to them, if you know what I mean. So I kind of thought, all right, let's put it out there. Let's put it out there. If you've got something you need to get off your chest, something's gone, you don't really know who to turn to or, you know, stuff like that send it in and that's not me to say you know I'm in no way shape or form a professional and I think you all know this (laughs) I'm in no way shape or form a professional and nor do I claim to be but I'm not being funny from what I've learned from this community and this is not bashing professionals in their fields or anything like that is that I know like for me I found most quote-unquote resolutions to things from my community and from the space and hearing about other people's lived experiences rather than in a more professional way I'm choosing my words very very wisely here but 
<laughs> I say that because I, I put this disclaimer of I'm not a professional in this. Um, for one, that no one can... <laughs> No one can berate me and go, Amber, tell me to do this. I'm not really going to say you need to do X, Y, Z. I've put this out there because I thought sometimes imagine that this is just like you're listening in on two friends or two people having a conversation and one is asking someone of, of their opinion and they're giving it. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's what you make of it. And um, the response to it has been really, really great. And it's I've got an absolute mixture of um, questions, dilemmas. I've also got some really lovely just submissions of just people saying where they are in their grief and sharing lovely moments. You know, like it's not just an episode where you just, if you, you don't, you might not have a dilemma in your life at the moment, you know, hold tight, we all get them. But um I, I put it out there as well as that, you know, if you just want to share something about your loved one, I'm more than happy. I'm so, I loved it. And I've got a couple to read out in between and just stuff like that. So um, it's a mixture, but I'm really looking forward to um, where this could go. And I hope it, yeah, does the world of wonder for you guys and hearing other people's lives in, you know, dilemmas and hearing them talk about it. You know, you could hear something on here that might inspire you or go oh okay there's somebody else out there who's dealing with something like this it's not just me because at the end of the day isn't it we all just want to be resonated to and feel like we're not an alien with two heads so I want to get right into it because some of them they're so like far few and like like totally different I've got a little wine as well to get me through these because we Ah, refreshing that. Delicious. Um, and with some of these as well, if I feel like there can be, you know, more than, you know, not just my answer, I'm not God's gift, whatever. I'm going to put it out to the audience. I want to hear what the rest of Grief Gang has to say as well. So I put a little questionnaire out to answer one of these questions as well, so that we can have just, you know, more than just my response to it. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Just bear in mind, I'm not a professional, nor do I claim to be. You might not agree with what I say, and that's completely fine. There's the switch off button. <laughs> but please don't. Um, okay, let's get into it. So my first one, could you maybe do how you make space for your own grief while supporting the surviving partner? Brackets, i.e. my dad died, but my mum is still so sad. Right. So this is something that I've had many, many conversations with people in my DMs and, and in, in real life with about yeah, how best to, su to support that remaining parent. For me, with my with my remaining parent, my dad. So my parents were split when my at the time when my mum died. But obviously, nonetheless, to say that you know my dad was heartbroken and very very sad and um, still feels he still feels that you know that gaping hole all these years. And um, as I say that, he's literally pulling on the drive right now, um, and it's completely caught me off guard. It's for me in terms of supporting my dad. I look back and I was probably a little bit of a shit and I probably didn't do a lot to actually quote unquote support. I was very in a, 
self-centered I say self-centered you do that your mind your mind doesn't really naturally for mine anyway I didn't really start thinking about anybody else's grief I was more thinking about mine I was a selfish bitch oh maybe I wasn't a selfish bitch hmm um and yeah I probably didn't think in that moment how better support my dad but I know when he needs to speak about her do you know what I mean like I know that as much as as much as my dad will always put mine and my brother's grief above his, there's times when his needs to be put first sometimes. And an example of this, actually this is very an example of this was a couple of weeks ago, you know. It was um da 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 it was not long after the uh, Esther Ranson TV documentary that I was in. And he was going, he's like, oh, like one of my friends, they watched it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he just went, he went, oh, like, is the podcast doing what it needs to do for you? Like, are you getting what you need from it? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, Dad. And then he started speaking about mum. And then in that moment, I knew that I need to hold the space for him in this moment. And he started talking about her and I was just holding that space and not being, you know, dismissive. And I was on my phone at the time and I put my phone down to really let him know that, you know, I'm in this moment. And um, bless him, he started speaking about how... So mum died in 2016 and then he started speaking about the, like, the new year of 2016. And he was going, oh, you know, Amber, when your mum died... I felt like I could look back behind me and I would be able to see her there. And I was like, yeah, go on. And he was like, I felt like I could just turn around and I would just envision her there. And he was like, and then when 2016 ended and 2017 came in, he was like, it just didn't happen anymore. And then I was literally not on the verge of tears by this point. And I was like, mm. but I was like, no, he needs this moment. And... He said, yeah, I, when, when 2017 came in, I'd look back and she wasn't there. And then he just stops and he looks like away and he went, what a remarkable woman. What a remarkable woman she was. And I was just like, yeah, she was, wasn't she? And all that, that was literally a three minute conversation. But I could tell that it really, it really lifted something for him. And... In that moment, I recognised, like I said, that he needed that and he needed to just speak about that in that moment. And I think for him it can be quite difficult. I'm probably sure there's so many other times that he's wanted to do that. And I might have been quite blasé and that might refrain him from speaking about it. You know, he might think, I'm the remaining parent. I've got to stay strong for my kids. Um, but sometimes we as the kids, um, so you're yeah, going back to supporting the surviving, surviving partner and parent, um, is sometimes showing them that their vulnerability is okay. So whether that looks like you having to take the lead with that and start speaking to to your mum and you start speaking about dad or your grief or whatever you think it could be to open up that conversation, with that, your mum might see, okay my daughter can do it then so can I um and then when she starts doing that 
really, really hold that space and let her know that it's okay and almost engage, you know, get engaged in the conversation, keep it going, probe a little bit, see see how much you can get. If she recluses, let her do that. Um, it's all bit by bit. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'd say in supporting the surviving parent. Thank you for writing that in. I'm going to go into, I'm going to like break it up in between the dilemmas and the um, the entries that were sent in. So, so I've had one, it's sort of like a poetry and um, article and maybe a little sip because I'm a little, a little bit dry. So this was sent in by a lovely follower. It's her article. A bit lengthy, but we'll get through it. My little sippy sip after. Okay, here we go. They say grief hits in waves. They, brackets, whoever they are, are right. I find since losing my mum, I'm constantly heading, keeping my head above water. Don't get me wrong, eight years on, I'm mostly paddling in calm waters with the odd moment of hitching up my skirts quickly when the tide rises. But every now and then, a storm hits. It's tempestuous viciousness leaves one breathless. These moments I call my tsunami moments, when the grief hits so hard and fast, I can hardly physically breathe. Now, enough with the water metaphors. We all know grief is sad. It's emotional, it's agony, it takes time to process, and often though the wounds heal, the scars are there. Many days visible in red-rimmed eyes, or the constant sniffing and clutching of tissues. My mum died on the 17th of May 2012. She died with me cuddling beside her, my dad and sister kneeling on the floor, all of us making sure we had some form of physical contact with her as she passed. My mum was an incredibly tactile lady. She loved hugs, she loved hugs, cuddles to be near people, especially her grandchildren. I know that's where I get it from. I have found lockdown so hard not being able to hug my friends, whom I, whom I know are hurting. In a weird way, it has been easier to be away from them, much easier than to see them and not hug them. Like many mums, she had retired and loved to potter about in her car and would pop to see me several times a week. Well, I say me, but I think my beautiful little girls were the real pull. <laughs> They were six and three and a half when she died. So before the cancer came back a second time, she was always over to see them, play and read stories, you know, being an amazing nanny. She never arrived empty-handed. Usually she would have been past a bakery piled high with naughty pastry goods, comics for the girls, Disney of course, and dishcloths for me. <laughs> I mean, I think the girls got the better, <laughs> better bargain there. I have no idea why she bought me a packet at least once a month. You, you know, the kind, blue, use them to wash dishes, wipe down surfaces. A pack of 12 will usually last a good four months, maybe longer. I would always smile and say thanks and put them with the other many, many packets I had <laughs> under the sink. Well, they won't go off and I will use them eventually, right? I did use them. I used them all until one day I needed a new dishcloth. It was the last one. All the packets were gone. It hit me like a wave, a tsunami at 1,000 miles per hour. Who would buy my dishcloths now? This simple, kind act of keeping me stocked with cloths was never to be repeated and it smashed me into a million pieces. My infinite supply had gone forever, but more importantly, so had my mum. Ooh. Stunning. Absolutely love that. Thank you to that... I was about to say submissioner. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> oh, Christ on a bike. Thank you. Anyway, thank you. 
Right. I might run out of wine before this. Okay, the next dilemma. It's a lengthy one. We've got a bit of background story on this, which I like. So, I have been dealing with a grief dilemma for a bit. I feel like I have to give some background before we get there, so hold tight. In November, my cousin passed away at age 20, completely unexpected and shocked the whole family. This being said on paper, we are cousins, but from babies to at least grade school, my mum watched the three of us because their mum wasn't in the picture. Me being an only child, this flourished a bond between us that runs so much deeper. When we were little, whenever one hung out with a friend, it was really all of us, so my friends then grew up with them too. One in particular ended up moving to a neighbouring school system and ended up going to school with my cousin's oldest brother. This is important because in high school they dated and she grew very close with the one who had passed. They were best friends, if not sisters as well. During the first few months of her passing, we grew close, feeling the same devastating loss of such a wonderful person. In February, her mum passed unexpectedly, leaving her having to bear so much loss my heart breaks for her and I want to support and be there for her her way of grieving right now is to distance herself and I know and I know and in no way I want to pry and force myself into her world but with dealing with my own loss I miss seeing her because she reminds me of my cousin I have a little gift and card that I got a bunch of people to sign back earlier this month the problem is I seldom get a response and I don't want to be overbearing or make her feel guilty about not responding, but only imaging the hurt in her heart breaks mine. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to think of what my cousin would do for her, and I get nowhere, which makes me feel awful. Is it bad to leave it on her porch, or do I ask to see her because I have a gift? Sorry if I rambled. I would just love a third party's opinion. Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. So you want to reach out. You really care about this person. You want to be there, but she's being quite distant. <sighs> I would say, if I was in this situation, there's someone I really love and who we've both experienced a loss of somebody before who we care about, and they're now going through a loss. <sighs> I would... So you say you've you've reached out to her before and you've got nothing back, which is completely fine on her behalf, obviously. She is she is dealing with a lot. Um and you wanna you wanna give her give her these gifts and see her potentially. I would reach out and say that you have this stuff and that you wanna give it to her. And that, you know, the ball is in her court. Um and that's not to say, you know, she makes a decision. And I'd say if you don't get a response from that leave it on her porch it's the one thing that I think if, if I was her as well you know there's times where we the people that we love we do we you know we want to be around sometimes we just physically cannot um but you know in the I know for me those people who were constantly like putting their face there even when I put so many barriers up would still try I was like I appreciate it but then I can totally appreciate that when some you know people are like you know no means no if she's saying if she's saying no no means no but if you know some if she's just sort of you know being just a bit distant just putting your face there dropping her messages you know you know I'm messaging you just let you know I'm thinking of you you don't have to reply oh because I'm belchy leave it at her with ease so I would say, yeah, leave the bits that you've got for her on her porch. Let her know 
keep putting your face there, but don't be too overbearing. Just simple things. Even something as simple, yeah, as like a heart emoji in the morning and a text, yeah. Just letting that person know that you are thinking about them all the time and stuff like that. Just lets them know and they realise that. And then they know. I think I remember seeing like a post somewhere and it was it was so apt and it was like <laughs> it was like a little like cartoon thing. And it was say it was it was like these two stick men. And one of the stick men was in a cave, like a like a little drawn out cave. And then the other stick person was like, are you coming out? And they were like, no, I don't want to come out yet. And then the, the stick men, so the stick man on the outside of the cave was like the friend. And they just kind of like plotted outside the cave. And it was like, okay, I'll wait here until you, you're ready to. And the, the, stick, the stick man in the inside was like, thanks. And it's like... There's no pressure on it. There's no pressure. But she knows that when she does come out of this, you know, this cave and this grief bubble, which we know we have all been in, she knows that she's got you ready and waiting there um, to support her. And bless you for taking on so much. You're, you're feeling what she's feeling. You know this heartache. Um, but yeah, keep putting your face there, small little things. And when she's ready to come out, you'll be first there arms open come here give us a hug thank you for writing that in oh my laptop right i think i had another submission of writing yeah let's go for the next sub sub of writing uh okay here we go grief is such an odd feeling and one i find impossible to explain yeah further growing up i was surrounded by grieving pals as most my closest friends had lost a parent by the age of 18 oh wow do you know that's the first time i've like not like i've heard of but like someone saying their friendship group that they've all experienced interesting a very odd coincidence okay yeah literally yeah as you say <laughs> as much as it was painful to see their grief and to relive the grief i felt every time another pe- friend's parent died it was so comforting to not have to try and explain my situation or how i felt because they always just knew okay right got you so you've you had your person die great so you've been surrounded got it five years on from losing my mum I was pretty sure I knew how to handle grief but moving to uni changed that completely I felt like I was completely thrown into the deep end and felt grief as strongly as I had ever felt it but this time I didn't have my grieving powers by my side and I felt like no one understood she lost her tribe I I think the one thing I want to tell people is please ask me questions about my mum. I love talking about her. There have been so many occasions where there have been conversations at uni about people's families. But as soon as I mention my mum, the whole room just goes silent. Ugh, bore me later. Pricks, absolute pricks. I find it so frustrating and painful to hear everyone talk so passionately about how great their mums are and I can't join in because it makes them feel awkward. Nope, nope. You say, you say how great your mum was and you tell them and... You know, nah. no one wants to be the person with a dead mum that makes everyone feel awkward yeah so my piece of advice would be if someone mentions their dead friend oh, i love this we're giving advice love it so my piece of advice would be if someone mentions their dead friend relative etc ask questions like you would if they were alive oh. <laughs> they would bring it up if they didn't feel comfortable talking about it i think so often people don't want to offend or say the wrong thing or cause the person more pain but at the end of the day i know my mum is dead more than anyone but that doesn't mean she isn't my mum and that doesn't mean she can no longer be mentioned she's still very much a part of my life just as much as a living mum can i get an amen 
I don't really know why I'm sharing this, but it's just something I find so frustrating and I wish people knew how isolating it feels. Thank you so much for creating a space I feel so seen and heard in. Darling, you are welcome and thank you for that. That is, do you know what? I don't know if you've heard that my dad just belched in the background there. Um, what, a, what a good piece of advice. What a good piece of info. And do you know what? I know, I know, I know that I have listeners who listen and who aren't bereaved and either they're supporting somebody who is bereaved. So there's some golden nuggets in there for you guys. And I hope you take that. And as she says, speak to them as if their parents were alive. Ask them the questions. We've been speaking about this this last week and um, over at TNN Charity, the um, the host group that I, um, the groups that I host for. Um, and we've been really speaking about how, we like the lack of people you know when you speak about your grief people are they tend to ask us about you and you and your how you feel it's hardly ever asked of what your person was like and we suddenly started speaking about how even in our like i know for me i probably i mean i am the star of my own show but i speak about me and my grief more than i do like you know, just generally about my mum. And I generally started thinking, I haven't like really spoken about a story about her in so long. And I thought, no, I need to change. I need to change. I need to be speaking more about my mum herself because she was fucking ace. So yeah, absolutely fantastic that. Thank you. Let me sippy sip. Well, I'm going to go. This question... I put out to the Grief Gang audience on stories and a little questionnaire. So I'm going to read the, the, the question out and then I'm going to go to my Instagram and answer some of the uh, questionnaire box replies. Because they have been flooding. Right, so this person says, the first anniversary is fast approaching and I have no idea how or what I should be doing. Babes, we've all been there. We've all been there. Right, let me head to my IG. Open up the questionnaire box. Right, so obviously for this person, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna presume they're UK based and we're in a time obviously we're, we're in a panacotta, we're in a panny D. Um, so we are limited to what we can do. But, you know, here are some ideas for potentially when we come out of lockdown and um things that you can do then. Um some people have actually given some options for what they have done during lockdown and the anniversary. So we've got a mixture of things. So I'm just having a little scan. Um let me go. All right, first one. Uh order dominoes. Tomorrow is five years and the tradition is still going. Love that. A lot of people do tradition. Let me, do you know what? Let me try and think what I did for my first anniversary. Obviously, my mum's first anniversary, it was, you know, pre pre pandemic. Um, I think what we did, we went we went we go like to the grave. We went, I think, spent the whole week up by the seaside where she was from and where her grave is. Um and we just spent sort of our time going to like spending it with family and going to the places that mum really loved. So like she really loved this hotel called the Cliff Hotel um, and went there, had dinner. Um, we visited the grave, you know, whether you have like an emotional tie with where, you know, you either laid your person to rest or scattered their ashes, however, however you sent off. Um, if you have an emotional connection there, um, we took it really chill. And sort of what I've done for anniversaries going forward, I just, we always sort of make sure that, you know, especially me and my brother and my dad, we're all together. Um, wherever it is, we're always together. 
um, and we're always having good food, good wine, good music, a good time. Um, and of course, it's this looming, looming sadness, but there's just sort of some fundamentals that we just always make sure that we are together in one way, shape or form. Well, enough about me, enough about me. Let's get back to the responses. Uh, someone just says cried. Yeah, yeah. Um, took time for me, wrote a, wrote a blog, drank a bottle of shampoo with my bestie, toasted my mum. Someone said it was today, ran 10k for my dad and ordered his favourite food. Uh, balloon release. Uh, I, vis- I visited where, my, uh, where we scattered my dad and cried a lot uh this here we go this is one for like during lockdown so she put brackets during covid my friends and family lit a candle at the same time in memory for my mum love that love that um oh my god someone's put something in but you know when instagram it like on thingies it separates it (laughs) and it looked like it was gonna be juicy um Lockdown 2.0, we got a few cans in and watched Oliver Twist. My dad was a huge kid. Um, For dad's first anniversary, my mum booked us an an ABBA tribute show. (laughs) He loved them. But when it was my mum's first anniversary, me and my sisters just went out for a meal. Comedy show. Mum's favourite was in town on the anniversary of her passing. Afternoon tea and spa day. Whilst dad was in America, where they used to live, letting a balloon go. Um, I walked to the spot where he died and unexpectedly found a large buck. After we stared at each other for a few moments, I took a step and he ran elegantly off into the bush. Um, had a breakdown and watched Netflix all day. Second one coming up in May. Uh, we went to my dad's favourite restaurant, filling ourselves with good food and drink. I had a Zoom call with my fiancé's mate. We shared stories about him and just had a lovely time together. Uh, We got candles and as a family decorated them in memory of our loved one. Let's have a look anymore. I went away travelling. I was on a party boat in in Heilong Bay, Vietnam. I mean, that's the dream. That is the absolute dream. Um... I went to the cemetery with my mum, with mum's best friend and just talked about her and how much we miss her. Love that. I'll leave it at that because there's quite a few. Um, but yeah, I think the overall... One thing as well of anniversaries, and I always like to sort of, you know, there's always... And this can be quite controversial because you might not... You might think this. So there's always this like thing to be like, you know... Give yourself grace. And I'm saying this because anniversaries now for me, they they change every year how I feel. And there's always, you know, people always say, you know, um, don't put expectation on yourself to feel, you know, happy. You know, allow the sadness in, allow the sadness. I'm not saying this is for you and everything like that. Um, But nobody ever says like, you know, it's so... They basically always say, yeah, it's okay to be sad, obviously, on the day of the anniversary you know it's okay to feel like it's okay to feel like that but no one ever says like it's okay to be happy on that day and the only reason why I'm saying this is because okay yeah you might not feel this way towards the first anniversary because it's the first time and it's something completely abnormal to you but you never know in the next anniversary in years to come it's what from what I found is that 
like over the years. I'm not saying it gets easier. But- this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like the anniversary approaches and I don't have that looming cloud around my head or, you know, as the the time scale of how long that, that cloud looms over my head is getting shorter and shorter throughout the years. Do you know what I'm saying? Um... And I almost feel like this guilt for actually feeling okay when her anniversary is coming up. And I feel like it's it's a bit annoying, a bit sad that around that time, there's, you know, there's no sort of dialogue of people saying, yeah, it's okay to feel sad, obviously, duh. And no one's really saying, and it's okay to be happy as well. Because it's almost like it's shamed upon that you should feel somewhat happy around their death anniversary. Um, so I just want to say that as well. Um you know, as we know, right now we're, we're living in a pandemic and things are limited and the things, you know, obviously those things that people just said might be very limited to you, whether you're wherever you're from and um, if you can actually do any of those things. But bear some of those in mind. And when, you know, quote unquote, normal life resumes, um, have a think if any of those sort of resonate to you and if you'd feel like doing those. So thank you for writing that in and thank you to everybody who wrote in your responses to that. I really hope that um, it helps not only that person who wrote in, but anybody else who has a um, anniversary coming up. Um, so I've got no more like stories in. So now I've just got a couple more dilemmas. So we've got... We've got two more dilemmas. Oh, this, oh which one to go with... Okay, I'm going to go with this one. Hi, Amber. Need some help. Do you think we will forget our loved one as time passes? I'm so consumed by this thought. I don't know how long I'll live, but assuming everything is well, I'll have to live so many years without my dad. Won't the memories fade? I'm so scared and worried about this. I know this feeling. I know this feeling far too well. And I often sometimes catch myself thinking like, (laughs) and sometimes as well, like around my birthdays, like when when my birthdays come and I, I i i use my birthday as a celebration that for my mum as well um i've written about it on the podcast and i've done an episode about it um but also with those birthdays i have this sort of like you know thought in the back of my head of yep that's another year it's it's another year it's another birthday that i'm getting older without mum but then it's another birthday that i'm growing older and i'm 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 getting closer 
to a time of and an age that I've lived longer without my mum than I did without her. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if that makes sense. I think you know what I mean. And then obviously with that, you think, Christ, yeah. So say if I'm, you know, when I get to, when I get to like 40 odd, I would have lived longer without my mum than I did living. And that's, it's a, it's a strange and scary thought. But whether we forget our loved ones as time passes, I think we'll forget, we'll never forget them. We'll never forget them. Absolutely not. But I think, yeah, we do forget certain things. We forget certain things like, sometimes like smell and what touch but that's why i think it's so so important to like document and store those memories somewhere so i.e whether that's whether that's in like scrapbooking and photo albums and stuff like that whether that is when a memory comes to mind for you you write it down that's something i've sort of started to do is because i start thinking about my memories of my mum like obviously before she before she died obviously and i'm then thinking all i can remember is like the the really like big occasions so like christmas birthdays and i'm like why are those the things only the things that i can remember and not the stuff in between and sort of now like when memories come into that i'm like open the notes up in my pet on my phone write it down and then like transmit it somewhere later just get it down on paper um and then before you know it, you've got like this, like pages and pages worth of memories that when you look at it, it just takes you back. Um, so I'm a really, really big advocate for stuff like that, for when those, you know, but you know, when you're out somewhere and you you smell, you smell something, you think that reminds me of them so bad. And you're like, what is it? What is that smell? I, I've done it so many times. I've been out and I'm like, that smell reminds me of my mum. Let me follow it. Like, literally like a hound dog. And I'll pin it down. I'll be like, what is that? And they'll say, duh, 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 duh. and I will just jot it down, notes to my phone, be like, yeah, okay, cool. I know that smell now. I'm keeping that documented because it unlocks a memory. But sometimes you don't know what that memory is. But having it down, you never know when it can come forward. So yeah, I'm going to say, no, I don't think we will forget our loved ones, you know, completely as time goes on. Um, but yes, we do forget elements. Like I some, well, kind of forgotten I feel like sometimes I forget what my mum my, my even sounded like. And um, I have to go back to the videos and watch. I'm like, yep, that's what she sounded like, thought so. Um, so, no, yeah, I think we forget certain things and document it. Document those memories down with those thoughts when they come into your head. And you can start sort of piecing the puzzle together and just, you know, pinning down those lovely, lovely memories that you have. Um, I just want to check, you know, that I'm not missing anybody before I read this last one. But yeah, it's been quite, oh God, you nearly done 30, nearly done 40 minutes of dilemmas. If, um, in future, I might have to split these up. Um, okay, last dilemma, guys. And this is one that is very, very, um, close to home i'm close to home yeah a little bit yeah so that's a problem dilemma i've been with my partner for eight years but after my mum died i just feel empty inside and a need to be independent i'm torn and struggling with figuring out my feelings all right okay partners and grief right so i've been with my partner yeah for coming up the exact same amount of time as this person for eight years been together since we were 16 and when my mum died we were three years into our relationship. So we were together for, you know, a lengthy time before she died. And um, 
I feel like I went through the stage yeah, at some point. Um, in grief, sometimes you do just really just want to be. It's so strange, isn't it? Because grief is so isolating as it is in, you know, the experiences that you've gone through and in your circle, you might feel, you know, you might be the only person in your circle who's gone through this. So you're already isolated, not by choice. But then sometimes we do isolate ourselves on purpose. And um, I feel like that's what I did. And maybe I'm not saying this person is isolating, but has this feeling of I need to just be on my own for a while. And I think that's completely normal. Um, sometimes there's just so much shit going on in your life that <sighs> I'm trying to choose my words lightly. Remember, I'm not professional. I'm just speaking from my own experience. I'm trying to think because I was in sort of like the exact same situation with my partner. And I just felt this really need to just kind of sack it all off and just be on my own and work through my shit. And then whether, you know, we could reconvene was a different story. But I totally get this person and why they felt they just wanted to be on their own um, and torn between these feelings. I'd be intrigued to know if this person has spoken to their partner about these feelings. Let me give both. Let's have a think about both scenarios. So let's say she hasn't. Then do. Then do speak to your, your partner about this. And I know you might think, what the fuck? Why am I going to speak to my partner and say, potentially, I don't want to be with you. I want to be on my own. You've been together for eight years. I'd like to presume that you can have open and honest conversation with each other. Exactly what I did with my partner. Um, just kind of like said to him, I feel X, Y, and Z. I don't really know. I don't really know why I feel like this. For me, it was nothing like personal towards him. He'd done nothing wrong for me to, you know, I was just like, I basically felt really like just fucked up in the head. And I was like, he doesn't deserve this. And I just need to be alone and work through this. Uh, but, you know, obviously once I displayed this stuff and spoke to him stuff about this, he was like, you know, I'm your partner. I'm your partner. I'm here through it all. We'll work through this together. Um, and trust me, don't get me wrong. It was difficult getting those words off my tongue and being like, you know, it's it's hard saying to the person that you love going, you know, I potentially I feel like maybe I don't want to be with you. Um, you know, you don't want to hurt their feelings. And it's it's a hard thing to say out loud. But if it's a relationship that you want to work through, basically what I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, if you want to be on your own because you feel like you just want to be sort of in your grief on your own, talk to them about it and see if there's any sort of middle ground or anything that they can do as your partner, because your partner is there to support you. Um, but if you want to go on a basis of, you don't want to be with them anymore, um, then that's, that's a whole different ball game. Um, but I, yeah, absolutely speak to them, really pinpoint, have a good think about what it is that is making you want to leave, I think, and pin that down. Get it down on paper even. I remember there were so many times I would write, I would write my points on a bit of paper to be like, do not di diverse from, <laughs> diverse from, from the topics at hand and go on a tangent. Hit these points. These are the things that are making me feel like I want to go. And let's, let's, let's go through them one at a time together. Um, and we did. And it was just a really open and honest conversation. And I think he began to understand me and my grief and how, that affected our relationship um and he understood how to cater to my needs better and then with that I almost had this new lease 
of like life and a way to speak to him being like, oh, okay. Like, that was one of the hardest conversations we ever had with each other. Um, I'm now really open, like really open. Um, so yeah, that'd be my advice for you. Um, everybody who wrote in today, I really hope that whatever, you know, everything that you're going through, this might have given you a bit of, you know, a bit of peace of mind. I hope I did you well. Hope I did you well. Bit of advice there. Like I said, again, not a professional, but you know, I'm your friend. You're my friends. And this would this would be literally the type of conversations I'd be sat around the table with my friends if they asked me questions like this. Um, you know, I can only relate to you from my own personal experiences. And when I can't relate to you from my own personal experiences, I'll put it out to the grief gang and we'll find somebody who does. And if not, I'll do some research and we'll find out things together. Because like I said in the post, a problem shared is a problem halved. And we as a community, you know, when we can, we should always try and help each other and help each other through these tough times. Um, So a really big thank you to everybody who wrote in for this first fuck it, we're going with it, death dilemma, we're fucking going with it, um, and I hope it's the first of many, but, you know, I need you guys to write in, so, yes, if you've listened to this, and you feel like, hmm, do you know what, I've got something to share, be it even a dilemma, a problem, you know, a story, like those people shared, a bit of poetry, a bit of writing, please, please do share it with me, something funny, give us a bit, give us a bit, give us a bit of jokes, um, Give us a bit of goss as well. I love a bit of goss, you know, give us a bit of grief goss. Um, and yeah, you can either write into me via my email, which is amber.jeffrey, that's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, not E-R-Y, um, at thegriefgang.com, or drop me a DM and just like, you know, clearly state problem, dilemma, story, everything like that. Um, yeah, and also with this, I would love when you see the grid post, um, for this episode uh posted once you've listened to this episode and if you feel like you've got something to add to you know these dilemmas and anything that you've heard on this that you really want to share or you know respond to somebody please just drop it in the comments um and they will see that and then they will get even more further information and further advice from the lovely lovely grief gang community so take care grief gang and have a lovely week
Oh, I had to take a little tea break there. I had to go get a little little glass of water and step outside for a little second there. It's a bit a bit hot in here. Oh well, wow! How how stunning and amazing were those submissions? Again, I cannot thank all of you who wrote in enough for sharing those with me, those memories with your mums, with your children, with me. Um, those little golden nuggets. I feel the honour has been and will always be mine that you choose to share those with me so thank you thank you so much again um I suppose I should probably should probably share something shouldn't I really I mean it's only fair I've asked you guys to do it so this is where I don't prepare anything for myself and I'm now just fucking free reigning it so I suppose okay let me do my own Mother's Day submission. Let me pull up the questions. I even did. Now I know what they are. Three, three things about mum. Uh, Favourite memory and your and uh, a message for them. Okay, so describing my mum in three words. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, now I know how hard it is to generally describe your mum just in three words. Uh, I would say my mum was bold. Courageous. And selfless. Yeah, that's my three. That's my three. Um, my favourite memory of my mum, one that is just coming straight to the forefront right now, is actually our last Mother's Day together. <laughs> oh, God. It was our last Mother's Day together, so 2016. And uh, we were going out for this big, lovely uh, afternoon tea. So it was me, my mum, uh, my sister-in-law, her mum and her mum's best friends and I think my sister-in-law's other sister-in-law as well yeah so we're all going and we were going to uh, the crazy bear in Beaconsfield um anyone who's been there it's nice but it ain't worth the money um so we're there and we're having a lovely afternoon tea food is nice stuff like that and um <laughs> my mum I can't I can't specifically remember what the conversation was but my my, <laughs> my sister-in-law's so her mum her friend who was there with us she started telling this story right and it was a bit of a it was a weird story it was a weird story and I could see my mum my mum had this terrible habit she, I'm exactly the same now. Like my emotions, or how like if I if I'm in a situation where I want to laugh, like I ca I cannot not do it. I'm the, I'm that awful person like in a really horrible situation. Like sometimes laughs, and my mum is was the fucking worst for it. So this woman, she's telling a story, and it wasn't like sad, but it was a bit like oh, like a bit pitiful. And there's my mum in the corner. She, I, could, I, could, I knew she was laughing because her head was down and so like her hair was like covering up the sides of her face but I knew what she was doing and her shoulders were just shaking like up and down I knew she was barely fucking laughing so now I'm looking at her in the side of my eye and I'm, I'm trying to kick her under the table like stop it stop it now because you're going to send me off and then she's she oh she 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 literally wet herself like she actually later on she thought I peed myself Amber and I was like no you're actually a bad human being she's like I know but give a fuck and yeah that was just the epitome of her and oh, she was just so bad at hiding if she wanted to laugh at things and like awful situations she was oh she was she was very dark humor she was quite bad um so yeah, that's probably one of my my most favourite memory that is coming to forward and more specifically towards around Mother's Day. 
God, she was just bad. She was bad. Um, my message to my mum, it's strange because I feel like I, I feel like I write to my mum all the time through grief gang and express myself through here. But when I have to, you know, specifically say something to her, um, I always sort of just sort of want to go to like, hope you're all right. I don't know why. I always want to see how she is, but I'll do more than that. I'll give you more than that. So if yeah, um, what I would say to my mum this Mother's Day, um, if she was here is that, or if I, if I had a chance to even just speak to her um, at this time, if she could come, beam back down from heaven and come down and speak to me, I would tell her how much, of course, that I miss her, how much I would c- catch her up to speed with everything in these last, in this last year since the last Mother's Day. Um, I would tell her that even sometimes without me even knowing, she is at the forefront and at the core of everything that I do. I find myself so much now thinking, what would Sue do? What would Sue do? And I would like to thank her for the life lessons that she taught me and the she led by example. And I think when she didn't even realise that she was leading by example, um the hardships and the trials and tribulations that we witnessed her go through, she might have thought in those moments that there were moments of weakness and and lack of strength. But if anything, she taught me how to persevere and how to love. I think above all, my mum has taught me how to love and I would thank her so much. And something that kept coming up in a lot of the submissions today was that people acknowledging that you know they will never be loved by somebody like their mum and they will never love somebody like their mum and I would tell her that too I would thank her for loving me for those 19 years how she did she loved me hard she loved me so so hard even when it came out in anger and rage she loved me harder and she went in hard for us and I would thank her for showing me that a love like that is possible um and that it has no boundaries and that it has no boundaries so as horrible and as upsetting it is sometimes to know that I'll never have a love like that again um I'm so grateful that we had that so happy mother's day mum hope you're having a little barefoot and a nice cream tea. Um, and you're with Jazzy. You've got Jasper this year. So I hope you're giving him all the belly tickles. Then yeah. Happy bloody Mother's Day. 2020 fucking one. Oh, and with that grief gang. That is this year's episode. Done and dusted. Take care and lots of love. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 